Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. A couple of quick things while you're being seated, just to remind you, um, uh, this coming Saturday at one o'clock is our fall festival, so we're planning for a big turnout, hopefully, for some of the kids in the neighborhood and the kids in our church, and if you know uh, families that have kids that might enjoy a petting zoo with all sorts of fun things, goats, alpacas, all that crazy stuff, and um, jumping uh, blow-ups and candy and all that, then invite them out, good opportunity to let them know we, we care about them, we love them. And uh, we're here for them as a church. And then also remind you that this coming Sunday is the last Sunday to turn in your Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. So if you took some of those, you got to go shopping this week, um, pick up your, fill up your shoe box and bring it back this week. It's the last uh, Sunday for us to do that so that we can get those to the distribution center and get those sent off to kids. We're going to be blessing. All right. Um, I want to go ahead and uh, just continue with the series I've been teaching. We've been talking about specifically on Wednesday nights, and we'll do this for you know probably the next uh, month or so. Um, we've been talking about the fact that um, Jesus paid for us, and He is our our healer. He is one that provides for us physical healing, and we've been talking about different truths around that. But we, we've been using Isaiah chapter fifty three, verses four and five as our foundational text, and so we'll read that. And then let's just, um, let's just believe God for what he has for us in the time we have tonight. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And then this last phrase, And with his stripes we are healed. Let's pray before we... Get started. Father, thank you so much um, for your presence. Thank you for receiving our praise and worship tonight and inhabiting our praise and being here. And I thank you that, Father, we're not just going through a ritual of a Wednesday night service. Every time we show up, we're here to hear from you. Uh, we're here to see have an encounter with you so that we can say our lives are better. So I just pray that even tonight, that whatever individuals may be looking for, needing in their life tonight, that you will provide that. And that you'll move us towards those answers that we're looking for. And that you'll equip us to just continue to be the blessing that you've called us to be to those around us. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, We've pointed out every week here in Isaiah chapter 53, we find God's redemptive plan for man and what Jesus purchased through us through our redemption. And at the end of that verse 5, we see with his stripes we are healed. Uh, And so uh, we've pointed out week after week that many times... Uh, In Christian circles, folks won't have a problem with Jesus dying for your grief and your sorrow and to make you feel better emotionally and to forgive your sins even and to get you to heaven. But it seems that oftentimes people will struggle with this concept that it is always the will of God for you to be physically healed. That is never his will for you to be sick. There's a mindset out there, well, sometimes God will heal you, sometimes won't, sometimes we just don't know why. And a lot of that's just based on not knowing The scripture says people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and so they haven't taken the time to really in-depth look at the scriptures to see what the scriptures have to say about it. And so what we're doing in this series is we're actually just working our way through the Word of God, looking at different proof points in the Word that let us know that it is absolutely, 100% of the time, the will of God for us to be healed. We may fall short of that sometimes in our own receiving of that, but it's never God's will for us to be sick. And so, uh, and so we said we're basing that not on uh, an argument, not on a mental 
you know, uh, truth, but we're basing that on the Bible. Uh, because the Bible is how we, uh, how we understand God's will. And so Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So as we take each one of these nuggets and we put them down in our heart, it builds faith within us to overcome. The Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So it builds faith within us to actually overcome the things in this world that God doesn't want to be a part of our life, that, 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 uh, that, that try to seem to attach themselves to us. And that can be in any area. Uh, it can be in sin, it can be in your emotions, it can be in your finances, but specifically what we're dealing with right now is, is how to receive, receiving truth from God's word to build faith in us so that we can overcome sickness when it tries to attach itself to us and so that we can walk in divine health and not really have to worry about sickness and disease. The ultimate from God is for you to walk in divine health, not just be healed but to live free from sickness. And so we've looked at a couple of reasons we see in the scripture that we know it's the will of God for us to be healed. Um, specific things in the word that clearly state this is the will of God, and so it's clear that healing is a part of that. And so I just want to real quickly review a couple of those. Number one, we said we know it's the will of God. Hopefully uh, you'll remember this one because if you've been here, but we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because we were created in his image and in his likeness. So we were created to be like him. And not only that, but when Adam sinned, Jesus came to redeem us and to restore us to his image and likeness. And so if we were created to be in God's image and likeness, then if, then if, the, if the image and likeness of God doesn't include sickness, right, doesn't include weakness, doesn't include disease, I don't think anywhere in the scripture we find that God was ever diseased or Jesus was ever diseased other than when he took stripes upon his back and was, you know, made a willful choice to sacrifice for us. So if we're created in his image, then we know that it's the will of God for us to live free from sickness because sickness is not a part of his image. Uh, number two, we said we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because he gave us authority over sickness. He told us as believers to go lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He told us that you'd have power to, tr to tread over all the uh, power of the enemy. He told us to pray the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith would save the sick. And so we see he told us to go take authority over sickness as an enemy to overcome. And so we know for that reason it's the will of God for us to be healed. And then we also said we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because there's no sickness in heaven. And Jesus, I mean, if we study the scriptures, we've seen that. We did that and that's that lesson that there's no sickness in heaven. There's only healing in heaven. And Jesus pr told us to pray your will in, earth, in heaven be, be done on earth or as in, as, as in heaven be done on earth. And so, you know, as there's no sickness in heaven, it's the will of God for us to believe for that to be the same in our lives today. And then last week, we talked about the fact that we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because Jesus gave us a new and better covenant. And so I'm, I'm going to build on that a little bit this week, but, you know, a covenant is an agreement between two individuals. And so God made covenants uh, throughout the scripture, and that's how he deals with man. And in the Old Covenant, uh, the Old Testament, the laws and the things he gave to Moses and the children of Israel, though that Old Covenant included the blessing, if you held it up and kept up with it, it included the blessing of healing. And so uh, if Jesus gave us a new and better covenant then it would absolutely include all the good of the, bad, of the old, right? And then some, if it's better, right? And so we know it's the will of God. And so tonight what I want to talk to you about is, is this new and better covenant that Jesus gave us actually redeemed us from sickness. I want to talk about being redeemed tonight. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 says this. It says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so what we see when Jesus hung on a cross for, for us, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, you know, I, I remember my pastor telling a story once where he, he traveled and preached uh, all over the you know, East Coast before he became a pastor, uh, all over the United States and the world, to be honest with you. And he pulled into this one town, and it was a little small town, and he was a stranger, and so the lady understood that. And so she's like, well, what are you here for? you traveling through. And he said, no, I'm here doing a, a series of lessons over at this church. And, um, and he said, and she said, oh, really? You know, I like to go to church. What are you, you going to be teaching on? And he said, I'm going to be teaching on this subject. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. And she looked at him sort of strange, and she said, what? And he said, I'm going to be teaching on redeemed from the curse of the law. And, and she said, you know, I've been in church my whole life, and I don't think I've ever even heard that phrase, redeemed from the curse of the law. Um, and I don't even know what that means. He said, well, show up tonight, and we'll help you figure that out, right? And so that phrase is a little religious sounding, but what does it mean for us to be redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, to understand that, first of all, we've got to understand what the law is. And once we understand what the law is, then we need to understand what's the curse that the law brought that we're redeemed from. Uh, and we're going to find out, I'll give you the punchline up front because we're talking about healing. By the end of the night, we're going to find out that Jesus, one of the curses of the law was sickness. And we're redeemed from it. So first of all, what is the law? And so we're going to do a little bit of, uh, of rehashing or a little bit of touching on what we talked about last week. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 sort of helps us identify what the law is. It says, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Verse 17, the law introduced 430 years later. And so what we see as we learned last week that God came to Abraham and made an agreement with Abraham, but 430 years later, God actually gave Moses uh, uh, an agreement that included the laws that they should live by. And so these laws dictated the way we should live and commands we should keep here, on, uh, keep here in our lives in order to be able to earn the blessings of God. And so one of the things to recognize is about the, the, the agreement that included the law was a system of doing things to earn God's blessings, to earn God's blessings. Now, why did God do this? Well, it tells us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19 why he put this type of agreement in place. This is in verse 19. Well, then, why were the laws given? It says they were added after the promise was given so that men, to show men how guilty they are of breaking God's laws. So the reason God made an agreement with man that said, here's all these promises, and the way you possess these promises is by keeping these laws, he says the reason he did that was to show man that he could not be perfect and earn those promises, Right? He needed us to see that. He needed mankind to see that. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 22 says it this way. It says, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So notice what he says here. The, the scriptures have concluded. So all the, all the Old Testament laws have, have, have caused people to see that everybody, how many of you ever tried to live up and be perfect, measure up to the law? How many of you ever tried to do that? Well, if you, and how many of you have failed at it? Maybe just once. How many have done it perfectly? None of us, right? And so, and so what we see here is the scripture tells us that these promises conclude all under sin. Why? That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given unto the belief. Wherefore, the law was given, notice this, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. 
So what it says there is, is that God, and, and we're, we're laying a little groundwork here to get to an understanding of what the curses of the law are, but what we need to understand first of all is that the law was given as a schoolmaster to bring us to a place where we recognize, or it says to bring us to Christ, right? So it was to bring us to a place where we recognized, I need somebody other than myself if I want to get these promises. I need somebody other than myself if I'm going to measure up to, to, to where I need to be with God. And so that's what this says. It says the law was given so that we could be justified by faith. Everybody say justified. What does the word justified mean? Well, the justified means this. A, a cute definition of it is this. It's justified never sinned. Justified means just, just like you've never sinned before. And so what he said was is the law was given, and we read this, to expose the fact that we can't be perfect so it points us to the fact that we need something outside of ourselves to make us as if we've never sinned before. Now, why is being justified so important? Why is being in a spot where we have never sinned before so important? Galatians 3 and verse 10 says this. It says, for as many as are, under the, as are of the works of the law are under the curse. So he says, if you are trying to live your life to be justified by the law... By, by nature of just trying to do that, you're living under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law. So he's saying that, you know, if, you're, if your mode of operation in life, and this was the mode of operation that God set up for, for people before Jesus came, if your mode of operation is, I'm going to earn my blessing from God by being perfect, what he says here is you're really living under a curse. Why? Because you can't do it. You can't be perfect enough to measure up to it. And so what it says there, it says if, you, if you're living by that system, then you're under this curse. So what, what, what is this curse you're living under? Well, this curse you're living under is twofold. And I want to talk about both sides of this because the first sort of has implications on the second where we're going to talk about divine health and healing. The first part of the curse was this constant striving to perform to live up to a standard that you could never live up to. And here's the big part the guilt and condemnation that comes with it. See, notice Galatians chapter 3 and verse 10 again says, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under a curse. For the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. So what that says there is, is trying to be perfect is impossible for a human being without the help of God. Now, we can go for spans of time as believers and, you know, clip along there for a while and never make a mistake, but how many of you realize then all of a sudden you trip, you stumble, you do something wrong, and then you almost feel like, oh, man, i got to start all over again. Have you been there <laughs> been like that, right? And that's what this verse says. Living by that system of doing right and wrong to be right with God, that's a curse. Why is it a curse? Not only because you can never measure up to it, but the bigger part of that curse is the condemnation that comes from it. The constant feeling that I am not right, I am not worthy of receiving from God what he wants to give to me. That's the curse. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19 says, For when I tried, this is what Paul said, For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. Right? So this is really important. You know, we're talking about on Sunday morning. How many of you don't, if you're here on Sunday mornings, we're talking about walking in love, right? If, if you, you know, living by the, the law of love is something we've been called to, but if you're holding yourself to the standard that if I don't live by the law of love, then I'm not, you know, God's mad at me and I'm on his, you know, bad list, that, that, that's just as much a work as anything else, right? 
living by the law of love is an outflow of the natural nature that's on the inside of you and just tapping into it, and we fall short of it. God doesn't measure us, and we're going to see this in a minute. God doesn't measure us by whether we're perfect even walking in love. He measures us by a completely different standard. And that's what this verse says. He says, when I try to keep the law, it condemned me. I felt bad about myself. Condemn me. A lot of people think that means like, okay, you're going to hell, right? And, and that certainly could be a consequence of not being right with God if you haven't accepted Jesus. But what he's saying here is when I tried to keep the law and I saw my own imperfection as a human being, it condemned me. It caused me to walk around with this guilt, with this shame, with this attitude that um, I'm just not worthy of receiving what God has for me. And unfortunately, that's where most believers live their lives because they've been taught over and over again that we're not to smoke, to drink, to chew, and to run around with those who do, and that's true. We should live right. How many realize we need to live right? But they've been taught that's the standard of what God expects from us when in actuality, because of Jesus, God expects nothing more from us than, than our love towards him and our love toward others. And so it's important to recognize that living under this curse is where most believers live. They, they walk around, I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. I don't deserve what God, you know, I don't deserve. And, and you may be in that spot now. You may sit in the, have sat in this church for years. But there's a promise. Maybe it's even healing you're expecting to receive. But somewhere in the back of your mind, there's this mindset of, I am not worthy to receive it because I'm not perfect. You're living under an old system that Jesus came to redeem you from, and you need to understand that. Now, now Paul illustrated this point very clearly for us in Romans chapter 7, verse 21 and 24, this mindset of, and this struggle we have as believers, because no matter how much Christ has redeemed us from living perfect and being perfect, we still have the struggle in our flesh to walk out what he's called us to be. Everybody say sanctification, and everybody say justification. Two different things. Justification is something you receive by faith and God gives it to you for free. And we're going to see this in a moment. Sanctification is the path you're walking as you grow to be more and more like Christ. And we're going to be more and grow more and more and there are things that will fall off of us until the day Jesus returns. And, and yet, unfortunately, where most believers live their lives when it comes to receiving from heaven, whether it's healing, whether it's provision, whether it's blessing, whatever it is, they base it on how sanctified they are, as opposed to basing it on how justified they are. And what we see here in Romans chapter 7, Paul sees, shows this struggle that we have within ourselves to fight that battle, to push out the condemnation that says you're not worthy. Romans chapter 7 and verse 21, Paul said, I have discovered this principle of life. Well, Paul lived a long time, and he was a pretty holy guy, right? So I would think we want to listen to this, right? This is a principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Have you ever been there before, right? Sometimes you just do what's wrong. It says, I love God's law with my heart. So he says, I do what's wrong, but I still love God's law with my heart. And it says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. So he says, I love God with my heart, and because I love God with my heart, I know what's right and wrong in my mind, and yet there's another power within me that contradicts that and even drives me to do what my mind says I shouldn't do, and my heart says, you know, that's not right. 
goes on to say, this power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Now, it says within me. That doesn't mean it's in his spirit. As a matter of fact, he clarifies that if you read. He says, it's in my flesh, not in my, not, not my, my born-again spirit. It says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul really illustrates the struggle we have and the battle in our mind that we have as believers. And it doesn't matter how long you walk the path to follow God. There are going to be moments where you fall short and you're going to face this battle. Where You, you ever looked at yourself and said, you big dummy? You ever done that? <laughs> how dumb can you be? Why would you do that? You, knew, you maybe even knew it was wrong before you did it and you still did it. Right, Because he said that happens. He says, I know what's right to do, and I, never, and I don't want to do it, but I do it anyway. Right, And so he says, when that happens, here's the struggle that happens on the inside of you. The same thing that Paul struggled with. This mindset that I am not worthy. I am not worthy to receive. Oh, wretched man that I am. But the good news is, is and living under that place of frustration is a curse. It's a real curse because it'll rob you from receiving what God has for you. Not because you don't qualify for it, but because you believe you don't qualify for it. You believe that. And so in the next few verses, though, Paul reminds us that we have been freed from that curse. Romans chapter 7 verse 25 says, thanks be to God. Very next verse. He says, who's going to deliver me? Then he says, thanks be to God. Who, de who delivers me? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, notice this. I myself have in my, in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So he says, in my flesh that's unredeemed, I still, it still craves and wants to do things sometimes it shouldn't do. Verse 8 and verse 1, he says, therefore, here's the point, there is now, everybody say now. So that means present, right? Not when we get to heaven. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, I struggle with this mindset that says, oh, wretched man that I am, but I also recognize Jesus has set me free from all the condemnation and all the requirements of living up to a law that I can't live up to. And because of that, now I don't have any condemnation. I, there is no condemnation for me. Even though my mind says, there's still no condemnation for me. Verse 2 says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. So notice what he says there. He says, through Christ, the law of the Spirit. Well, what's the law of the Spirit? Think about it for a minute. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you become a new creation, that's the law of the Spirit that you live under, that you're no longer an old sinful man. Now you are the righteousness of God. He says, that law of the Spirit sets you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. So he says, what the law couldn't do. See, the law says, do this to be perfect. Do this to be right with God. Do this to earn the promise of God. What the law couldn't do, why? Because we were weak in the flesh and couldn't do it. Goes on to say, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. How many of you know Jesus did do it though, right? He did measure up. He didn't sin. He never made a mistake. And he gave his life as an offering for us. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Notice this. In order that the righteous requirement of the law, notice this. This is good news tonight. Might be fully met in us. The righteous 
requirement of the law. What was the righteous requirement of the law? If you observe to do all these commandments, if you do everything I tell you to do, then you'll be blessed. He says that full, right, that full requirement of the law because of Jesus is met in us. You say, well, I ain't living it. Doesn't matter whether you're living it. He met it for you, right, and gave it to you. Goes on to say, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be met in us, notice this, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, when you read verse 4, a lot of times people will read it this way. I want to read it to you how a religious mind reads it, and an unrenewed mind reads it, and then I want to read it to you as it says. Most people read verse 4 this way, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who obey God and don't sin. That's how most people read it. No, they read that. Who don't live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. They read that as mean, okay, if I don't sin, then, the full, then, then I don't have to I live up to this righteous requirement of the law. But think about this for a minute. If what that verse is saying is that the righteous requirement of the law is fully met in us, only when we obey God and don't live by the flesh, then we're right back in the same spot that we were in before Jesus ever died. And that's that same spot of, if you fully obey, then you're right with God. If you fully obey, you don't have to feel condemned. But what this is saying is because Jesus fully obeyed, even when I don't obey, I'm still right with God. Now, see, a lot of people have a hard time with that. Why? Because they think justice in us says, well, that doesn't seem right. I need to live right for me to be right with God. You need, let, me, let me tell you, obedience has nothing to do with being right with God. That's going to be hard for some people to swallow, but let me qualify it. Obedience has nothing to do with being right with God. The blood of Jesus and what Jesus did for you 100% took care of you being right with God. Obedience only has to do with you not hurting yourself and hurting others. And obedience only has to do with you, with you making right choices to get to the places where God has blessed you. said, here's where the blessing is. Go get it, right? It's not a matter of, if you do this, then I'll give it to you anymore. See, that's the way most people look at it. If I live right, then God will grant it to me. If I don't live right, then I don't deserve it. But the truth of the matter is, is God has already made you right with God, and every promise of God, including healing, has already been given to you. And as we obey God, we're simply walking toward what he has for us instead of earning what he, something he hasn't granted yet. Does that make sense to y'all? And so what we understand then is this, is that, but though, that when, we, when, we, when we embrace this truth and, and we recognize we've been redeemed from this curse of living up to an expectation, it sets us free from the frustration of feeling guilty all the time. Which means you can walk out of here tonight knowing you are 100% right with God and you 100% qualify for what God says is yours. And, and, and Romans chapter uh, uh, 8 and verse 5 says this. It says those, no, no, notice this. Notice how this sets us free from this condemnation and guilt that can rob us from the blessing of God. It says those who live according to the flesh... Now, see, a lot of people read that this way, those who disobey God. That's not what that's saying. It's not saying those who disobey God. It says those who live according to the flesh, those that have their mind set on their flesh, and their, and it's, their flesh is imperfections and their flesh is failures. It says those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live, according to with the, uh, live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So what he's saying, he's saying when your mind is thinking spiritually, you don't look at your flesh. 
right? So that could mean that those that have their minds living spiritually, they're not living according to the flesh because those desires aren't there. But it also means this. It means that in your life, when you're thinking about, I'm so unworthy because I did this, you're not thinking spiritually in that moment. You're thinking carnally. You're seeing yourself according to the flesh. You're seeing yourself according to those failures. And that's living under the curse of the law. But what he says here is in verse 6, my mind is governed, the mind that is governed by the flesh is death. He says, when your mind is focused on your flesh and all its mistakes and all its failures and all its desires, it brings death to you. It causes you to feel condemned. It causes you to feel guilty. It causes you to feel unworthy. It causes you to feel like every time you come to God looking for an answer to prayer, that, that for some reason he's not going to give it to you because you don't deserve it. That's the old covenant. That's the curse of the law. It, you know, a lot of people say, and we're going to talk about the curses of the law in just a moment, but the curse of the law is that constant nagging that says you don't deserve God's blessings because you're not perfect. That's a curse. But the beautiful thing about what Jesus did for us is he changed that for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So we've been redeemed to be called right with God. There's no requirement you have to meet to, to, to earn your healing tonight. If you're looking for healing... No requirement you have to meet other than accept Jesus and believe you, he's right, you're right with him. And so we're redeemed from that part of the curse. That's the first part of the curse. It's this striving to measure up. But then think about it for a minute. The old, the old covenant tells us that, and that the old law tells us that when we didn't measure up, there were certain curses that would come upon us, right? So if you're living under that system then all of the curses that follow from you not obeying God are also a part of the curse of the law. And so notice if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 15, we see this. It says, but it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Everybody say, disobey God. That's what he's saying, right, if you disobey God. To observe, to, if, you don't, if you don't listen to God's voice, to observe to do all his commandments and, and his statutes, which I commanded this day, notice this, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, remember once again, Deuteronomy chapter 28 is, the first five books of the Bible are defined as the books of the law. And so all of these curses in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and everywhere else, the, those curses are, could, could be de deemed as curses of the law, right? And so what we see here is this. He says, if you don't obey, if you don't perfectly obey these commands, then all these curses are going to come upon you. So these curses he's about to talk about are curses of the law. But the good news is, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is anyone that hangeth on a tree. So Christ redeemed us from these curses we're going to learn about. Everybody say, I'm redeemed from every one of these curses. So what are these curses? Let's look back at it again. He says in verse 15, Deuteronomy 28, But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments and all his statutes which I commanded this day, that all these curses will come upon you. So the curses of the law are everything that follows. 
And what we'll find to be true is, is these curses are, 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 are wide-sweeping. They fall into many different categories. These curses of the law, number one, they can be social curses. You know, you being an outcast, you're not fitting in, right? You're redeemed from that. But that's a curse. Mental curses, relational curses, financial curses, and physical curses, including sickness. And so for, the, for tonight, what I'm going to really do is, is I'm going to show you these verses, these curses that relate to physical sickness. You know, when we used to have Bibles that we carried around, how many of you still carry around a physical Bible? When we used to have Bibles that we carried around, matter of fact, I was going to bring mine tonight and left it at home show it to you because I use a digital Bible now. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Some people are dogmatic. Well, I've got to carry my Bible. But, you know, in my Bible, in the margin for all of these curses, and next to every verse, next to every verse, I've written, not me. Not me. Why? Because I'm redeemed from these curses. So as we read these tonight, I want you to see that these are curses of the law. Verse 18, here's one of them. I'm just going to pull out the, the, just, just going to pull out the physical ones. It says, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. So what that tells me is your children are redeemed from being cursed. That would tell me then that because hereditary illnesses and sicknesses are something that your family and your kids are redeemed from. You're redeemed from that just runs in my family. You ever had something, well, you know, that just runs in my family. You know, my daddy had Alzheimer's, so I guess I might have to worry about that. How I many you know you're redeemed from that? Because why? Because you're redeemed from curses from the fruit of someone's body. Verse 21 says, the Lord shall make the pestilence. Everybody say pestilence. Pestilence cleave unto thee until it has consumed thee from off the land, whithersoever thou goest. That word pestilence, if you look it up, it means this, disease after disease or habitual sickness. Disease after a disease or habitual sickness. So one of the curses of the law that you're redeemed from is disease after disease or habitual sickness. You constantly being sick. You know, uh, you know I, got, I got a cold and got over that and then all of a sudden I got the flu. You know, habitual, sickness after sickness. You're redeemed from that. Goes on to say in verse 22, the Lord shall smite thee with consumption. Everybody say Consumption. Now let me just deal with that phrase, the Lord shall smite thee. Some people say, well, I thought God didn't deal with sickness. God doesn't ever uh, curse people, but God will judge people. And under the old covenant, people were judged for their sins. But under the new covenant, God sees you as sinless. So he's not judging people anymore right now. The Bible says he's withholding judgment until the day he returns. That's good news for us. But it says, the Lord shall smite thee with consumption. That's one sickness. And with a fever and with inflammation and with extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, that sounds bad, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Those words, if you look those words up, consumption can be translated tuberculosis. Consumption can be translated tuberculosis. You're redeemed from the curse of tuberculosis. Fever, that word fever means infectious diseases or viruses when you look it up. So that would mean common cold, flu, I mean, COVID, virus, right? Redeemed. The word inflammation is the word most often translated as common cold. You're redeemed from the common cold. Well, you know, I just got a cold. You shouldn't accept a common cold. You're redeemed from it. When it shows up, say, no, I ain't taking that. I'm redeemed from that. 
right? You may have to fight it and overcome it, but it's not God's will for you to have it. Burning, that word burning is the word uh, for influenza or the flu. Mildew. Mildew is the word for jaundice or disease that caused jaundice. Well, what diseases cause jaundice? How many of you realize cancer causes jaundice? Right? Can I get an amen? That's a part of the curse. You're redeemed from it. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 27 says this, The Lord shall smite thee with the, man, this sounds real bad, the botch of Egypt. <laughs> How'd you like to get that? And with emeralds, and with the scab, and with the itch, whereof thou canst not be healed, and, with, and it shall smite thee with madness, and blindness, and astonishment of heart, and thou shalt grope at new day as a blind gropeth in the darkness. And so the botch of Egypt, if you look that up, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it means ulcers, sores, and boils. Ulcers are a part of the curse of the law. You know, I remember, you know, um, growing up as a kid, um, my mama used to get really mad, bad mouth ulcers on the inside of your mouth. Have you ever had those before? You don't have to testify to it, but, but my mom used to get these really bad mouth ulcers, and when I became a teenager, I started getting those. They'd get, you know, and you know, when you eat something, it just hurts, and it's a pain in the neck. You get them on your lip, and, and I remember I saw this one day, that I'm redeemed from ulcers. Mouth ulcers would qualify there. And I just said, bless God, I'm not taking those anymore. You know, it's probably been 30 years since I've had a mouth ulcer, and I used to get them all the time, all the time. Why don't I get them anymore? Not because I'm something special, just because I saw in the Word of God. I'm redeemed from that. It inspired faith in my heart. I decided to believe that and resist it, and guess what? They went away. I don't get them no more. Ulcers. It also can mean sores or boils. You know, some people have boils that just pop up on their body every once in a while. You're redeemed from that. That's what the Bible says. Emeralds. That word emeralds means tumors. Tumors. It's not a tumor. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger said, tumors. You're redeemed from tumors. Scab. That word scab means malignant sores or scurvy. The itch means eczema. Skin cancer, skin irritations caused by the sun. You're redeemed from that. Some people say, well, I spend, that's my fault. I spend too much time out in the sun. Well, you should be careful about spending too much time in the sun. But that's a lie for you to believe that just because you spend a little time by the pool out in the sun that you might as well just go ahead and grant it. It's your fault and you can just count on skin cancer. Hogwash, you're redeemed from it. You're redeemed from those things. Madness. That word madness means mental sickness, nervous breakdowns, and insanity. You may think you're sitting next to a crazy person, but they're redeemed from it. Amen. Blindness, eye diseases, or failing eyesight. I claim that one every day as I pull out my readers, every time I pull them out. Lord, I thank you my eyesight is not failing. Why? Because I know it's the will of, regardless of the fact that I have to put these boogers on sometime, I know it's the will of God still for me not to have to put them on, so I'm going to continue to fight against it, stand against it, and declare what he says to be the truth. Amen. That blindness and failing eyesight is not, it's a part of the curse. Deuteronomy 28, verse 59. And the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and of long continuance. Plagues wonderful means, uh, if you look that up, it, it can, one translation says it can be wounds or strokes. You're redeemed from having strokes according to the curse, according to the, these curses that Christ came to redeem us from. Plagues of thy seed, once again, we pointed that earlier, hereditary diseases. Great plagues, that word great plagues means infamous diseases. 
Well, how many of you know we've got some infamous diseases that run rampant around us, right? Every other day you're hearing about somebody's got cancer. And as soon as they hear the word, oh, you know, all of a sudden fear sets in. Infamous diseases like COVID, you are actually redeemed from those infamous diseases. And then long continuances are lifelong or incurable diseases. Lifelong or incurable diseases. So if the doctor tells you you got a disease, it's incurable, look at him and say, thank you very much for the natural report. Tell me what I need to do naturally to deal with it. But I believe I'm redeemed and I'm going to continue to believe that until your report says otherwise. Right? Incurable is long, long continuance, lifelong or incurable diseases. What about sicknesses that you're dealing with that aren't specifically named in here? You say, well, I haven't heard mine yet. I haven't heard diabetes. I haven't heard Parkinson's. Notice Deuteronomy 28, verse 61. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law them will the Lord God bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. So another curse is every sickness and every disease that's not written. So we talked about some that are clearly stated, right? But if it ain't stated in here, he's saying even anything that's not stated in here, you are redeemed from that because it's a curse, right? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Notice again what it says. Christ hath redeemed. Ever say hath? Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? It's an English class, a little English lesson. Hath is past tense. Christ hath or has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So when Jesus hung on a cross, took stripes upon his back before he went to the cross and redeemed us from sickness, it is already done. You, you're not waiting for God to heal you, although your body may be screaming otherwise. You simply need to allow your faith to settle into this truth that I'm redeemed from this and I'm not accepting it. It has to go. I'm redeemed. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so we know that the will of God, so a lot, a lot of talking tonight, but we know that it's the will of God for us to be healed. Why? Because sickness is a part of the curse of the law. We've seen it clearly, Right? And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we've been redeemed from striving to be perfect to earn our healing. We've been redeemed from striving to be perfect to be right with God. We've been redeemed from living constantly in condemnation and guilt that we deserve something we're getting. And we've been redeemed from all the curses that follow that type of thinking. We've been redeemed from poverty, from lack, from social things. And also, as we've seen, we've been redeemed from sickness. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much for your word. It's true. And I just give you praise and thanks that as we have looked at your word tonight, we have seen another in just definitive truth clearly stated in your scripture that sickness is a part of the curse of the first five books of the Bible, the law. And Christ has redeemed us from those curses. We thank you that that word redeem means he bought us back and set us free from it. So I thank you, Father, that if there be anyone here tonight that is struggling with sickness, that is struggling with anything written in that we read about, or it's not written in what we read about, that they are redeemed from it. And I thank you for healing, beginning to move and work in their life to drive 
those things out of their life that are curses that you paid a price for us to be free from. I thank you and praise you for it, Father. With every head bowed and every head closed, maybe you're here tonight, you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you never realized that you can live free from feeling guilty. Maybe you've accepted Jesus even, but you just didn't realize, I don't have to walk around feeling guilty and bad about myself. I'm redeemed from that. Jesus made me right with God, and I am right with him. If, if, you know, maybe you realize that tonight for the very first time. I pray that settles down on the inside of you and you always embrace that truth. But maybe you're here and you've never made him the Lord of your life and never accepted that truth into your life and been set free from that guilt and you'd like to be tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anybody at all? Just wait just a moment. Anybody at all? Secondly, then this. If you're dealing with any sickness... We've taught the word on sickness, and the Lord challenged me on this this morning as I was just sort of praying about the day and even the service tonight. He challenged me, you know, Jesus confirms his word with signs following. And when you teach on healing, we should expect confirmation of healing because he, he just does that. He honors his word. So if you're here tonight and you're dealing with any sickness, or maybe you just saw something, a light bulb went off in you, and you're like, wow, I've been accepting this in my life but I'm redeemed from it in my life. If, that's, if that qualifies for you tonight, I'd like to just sort of agree with you in prayer that that thing leaves. Anybody at all, just for a moment, just a moment in time that's dealing with anything or just you saw something tonight you're free from and you no longer want to accept it. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Okay. For those of you that raise your hand, if you just... Can you, can you put on, Megan, can you just put on a little music? Because I just want to, not because not we need it, but it just sometimes sort of helps fill the dead space while people are, I'm praying for people. So I'm just going to ask everybody to close your eyes. If you raised your hand for that, I just want to do what the Lord told me to do tonight. I, I want you to just come up here for a minute because I want to just join hands with you and I want to put my hands on you and I want to believe God for what you just said you saw. For what you just saw, you said you saw, you're redeemed from. God is a word honoring God and I'm just going to ask you to turn your heart toward him right now with a heart of gratitude that says Lord thank you you redeemed me from this I don't accept it I resist it I don't embrace it I stand against it because God says he set me free from it just turn your heart toward him with that attitude of prayer. And I'm just going to join with you right now. And I just gonna, I'm believing God will honor his word. No hype. Just, just going to do what God's word says to do. I'm going to pray with you and we'll go believe it leaves. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that she's redeemed from that thing that she raised her hand about. It's gone. It cannot stay. In the name of of Jesus. Let your healing power flow through her now and affect a healing and a cure. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you so much for what she raised her hand about. Right now in the name of Jesus, I agree with her that she's the redeemed of the Lord and that symptom, that diagnosis has to leave. Now, now, now there goes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I release your healing power into her life. Let it affect a healing and a cure. Confirm your word. Confirm your word with signs following in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
I command that thing to leave in Jesus' name because he's redeemed from it. No longer will you say, I have. Specifically, I feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you this, Jason. No longer will you say, I have this. Symptoms may rage and doctors may say, and that's fine. Those are facts. But no longer will you say, I have this. Every time the thought of it comes to mind, you will say, I'm redeemed from this. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for confirming your word as he aligns his words with it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you all so much for giving me the opportunity just to obey God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just thank you that healing is for us. And we don't teach on this or argue these points to be philosophically or theoretically correct. We share these truths because you love each person here. And you love each potential person that could hear these truths. And you want to set them free. You have set them free. So thank you, Father, for us not taking these words lightly, but for us taking them to heart and rejoicing in our redemption that we have been made free from the curse of the law. We are right with you. Every time guilt tries to come in, we run it off and say, nope, that's a wrong way of thinking. I will not accept it. Every time defeat tries to come in and tell us we're unworthy, we'll say, nope, I'm redeemed from that. I won't accept it. And every time curses try to attach themselves to us, we will, we will declare, I am redeemed. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, God's good. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet with me. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Thank you for making out in the middle of the week. And I just believe God's confirming his word. We're redeemed of the Lord. Father, thank you so much for each person here. Thank you that they're blessed and highly favored, that they are your redeemed. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we declare we're redeemed of the Lord. We're redeemed from curses. We're redeemed from sickness. We're redeemed from disease. And we are right with you. And so we leave here rejoicing over that, Father. Thank you for your angels camped about them, keeping them safe and protected. Thank you that your word is manifesting in their life as they choose to embrace it, believe it, and speak it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great evening. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.